This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is Monday, October 18th. 2035, and this is the Monty Show. Hello. It's 2021, actually. Yeah, right. right. Um, hey, we are rocketing towards 3,000 subscribers. Make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube, and you have a chance to win this Xbox right here. Right here. Right here. Jake, it is uh, 512 gigabytes of power. I like it. We'll give it away uh, at 3,000 subscribers. So make sure you hit subscribe. Tag us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. I am The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Jake is SLC Supercars. You have to tag us both. Not one or the other. You have to tag us both. Don't be lazy. Do it the right way. We're about 300 subscribers away from giving away this Xbox here, so hook it up. Uh, By the way, if you are uh, a podcaster... Uh, would just like to say thank you so much for listening to the show. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Radio, you name it. Anywhere you get a podcast, just search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, or you can just say to Alexa, hey, Alexa, play The Monty Show podcast, and she will oblige. Um, interesting weekend. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like death warmed over right now because we decided that at some point we should probably, well, I decided at some point I should be less, uh, you know, like whale-like and more, you know, like snowboarder-like. And so we've started this whole workout thing. Do you even lift? God, dog, my body does my, so like I'm rocked out. Like I'm a stud, right? Um, so I'm losing weight and everything. Everything's good. So we're a month away from snowboarding season. Right. Four weeks. November 19th. So we started cardio and really getting after legs and core this weekend. Mm. And so my legs and core hurt. My favorite food is chicken tendies and fries. Just line up the cheeseburgers, bro. Yep. It is so much easier to yeah. eat than it is to work out. Hell yeah, it is. Just ask BYU, who clearly has stopped lifting because <laughs> they went to Baylor and lost. That was a hell of a transition, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, Baylor 38, BYU 24. And, you know, we were trying to think of what to title this show today in talking about BYU and Jake, who is a hater, um, decided to wonder aloud if it was a fluke that BYU got to five and zero. after seeing them the last two weeks, completely meltdown in two games that they should have won. They certainly should have beat Boise. You're on the road in Waco. Okay, great. I can. I can understand why that's challenging, but this is not the same BYU football team that went five and zero. So, how convinced are you, Jake, that it was a fluke? Yeah, I mean, I I think that the 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 first five wins, I I don't feel like were a fluke because, like you were just saying, I I feel like this is two different teams that we're seeing. I mean, you know, the last two weeks, I feel like we're getting we're getting performances where you're either undisciplined or you're just not executing at the best of your ability. Like you're not playing the absolute best brand of BYU football that you possibly could. And and I don't really know, you know, to be honest, like I don't know what what has changed so much. I mean, sure, 
you know, you've been dealing with some injuries and some guys have been banged up. Okay, like I can kind of get with that, but but at the end of the day, you know, the the Boise game was just you losing the game. You, you know, turning the ball over, doing all these things. And then, you know, Baylor, I just felt like that was a game they were more than capable of winning. They just didn't execute at a high enough level. Like in in whether it was the defense, everyone's going to say, well, the defense cost them that game. But I'm here to tell you it wasn't just the defense. Like I, I we watched basically every snap of that football game. And the thing that, that is so crazy to me is you have what's supposed to be a dual threat quarterback on the field for QB1 and Jaron Hall. Yet the guy never runs. Like everyone's going to say, well, he ran for a 70-yard touchdown. Right, but but that was one play. I'm talking about where where is the run play option. I'm talking about where is using Jaron's legs to manipulate the defense so you can open up the passing game a bit more. And by the way, what would happen if on his deep balls or on those inter, those deeper intermediate routes, he was able to hit guys in stride and they could run after the catch? What then would the game look like? I saw so many people on Twitter like, oh, well, he's, he's throwing it really well and he's over 300 yards and everything's awesome. But it's like, no, dude, like everything's not awesome because they're losing the game. The stat sheet might look nice, but what about the win column? I absolutely think they were not overrated at at 5 and 0. It was not a fluke when they were 5 and 0. But I don't know why it's so taboo in BYU football fandom to talk about Jaron Hall and say that if this kid's not going to run he's an average thrower. Like if you go to the numbers in the Baylor game, Jaron Hall was 22 of 31, 342 with a touchdown. Hey, those are really good numbers, right? But at what point were they ever in danger of winning this game? Now, you want to talk about the offensive line. You want to talk about um, the defense. Those are all issues. Absolutely. I'm here to talk about the quarterback. And I'm telling you right now that Jaron Hall is damaging Tyler Algier's season. He is limiting Tyler Algier's ability to run the football because he is not a mobile quarterback. He is a pocket passer who has some mobility outside of the pocket, but does not want to run the football. And on the play that you talked about where he ran for that that long touchdown, yeah. that was very clearly the best example of exactly what I'm about to describe. It's on my Twitter account, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. The Baylor defense does not at all calculate that Jaron Hall is going to run the ball. Not even a little bit. They don't account for it. They don't worry about it. And you could see on that play the defensive end just absolutely collapsed and sold out 100% to stop Tyler Algier. And so nobody even looked at Jaron Hall to keep the ball. He went untouched for that touchdown run. And it was a great play. Why are we not seeing more of him running the football? Why is it so ungodly and just terrible to ask, well, what happened to the mobile quarterback who, you know, led this team largely to a 4-0 record and just disappeared? Because this is not the same quarterback. And we consider and talk about how he threw for 342 yards and, oh, my God, Jaron Hall cannot throw underneath, mainly because there's 11 Baylor Bears underneath Within 10 line the yards of the line of scrimmage on Saturday, we've seen that two weeks in a row. Yeah. Now, Boise had zero respect for Jaron's ability to throw the ball short, 
or intermediate or to the boundary, and they were willing to give up the home run ball because they know that it, even if, if you give up a 50-yard play through the air, the opponent is well aware that you're going to struggle in the red zone, that you're going to struggle to be efficient underneath, and that you're going to struggle to run the football because they're going to flood the box. Yeah. And it's all because your quarterback is not mobile and your quarterback is not efficient or effective enough as a passer at this point in his career to beat you with his arm. That's why Baylor and, and, and Boise State played almost the exact defensive scheme. They almost mirror each other. This is not rocket science. If you're going to have a quarterback stand in the pocket and deliver the football, it needs to be Baylor Romney. It does not need to be Jaron Hall. Now, if you want to run Jaron Hall and you want to get him mobile and you want to get his legs going, hey, great, I'm all for Jaron Hall being your starting quarterback. But if we're simply going to have Jaron standing in the pocket throwing the football, I'm not that interested in that. Yeah, I think your best point is is that it affects other people too. It's not just like it's not just a thing where it's like, oh, well, Jaron's not playing to his full potential. I mean, the 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 effects on yeah Algier, the the effects, frankly, the effect it has on the offensive line and the job that they're asked to do. I mean, I mean, again, you're you're talking about the entire defense, literally, ev all eleven yeah. guys being within ten yards of the line of scrimmage. I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but. But what does that say to me? A, we don't respect the deep ball. B, we're selling out to stop to stop Tyler Algier. And C, because we have all 11 guys within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, you're not throwing the intermediate crossing route. So, wait, so let me get this right. What does that leave you with? He, here's the problem, the other thing that people don't understand. Jaron Hall runs the ball eight times for a grand total of 25 yards, which... Um. You look at the one play, that was 65 yards on its own. Yeah, that's not good. They ran for, a t according to the box, they ran for a total of 67 yards rushing, which seems a little off, but when when you really look at how many yards they they lost, I mean, it, it was not good. Well, in the, in the breakdown you had on Twitter, you can see that the entire defense is flowing to the football. It was a, it was a, the particular play was a, Baylor's was a defense. yeah Baylor's defense was it was an option play where where Jaron wasn't even considering running the football. I mean, it was always going to Algier, and the defense knew that, which is why it seems so weird in the box score to have sixty seven yards. But think about all those plays where you got hit behind the line of scrimmage. You know, loss of one, loss of two. It doesn't seem like a lot at the time. But that adds up. Those are negative yardage plays. And the thing is, you you talk about this. I was tweeting this in the avalanche of hate and anger. I, I don't know how Jaron Hall has become some mythical figure that's untouchable and and beyond, you know, beyond reproach. But I got news for you. Jaron Hall's an average quarterback. He is not elite. He is not an elite thrower of the ball. He is not nearly your best thrower of the ball. Again, if he's not going to run, I don't know why you continue to ride Jaron Hall because the, the defense does not think he's going to run. And at this point, having Jaron Hall as your starting quarterback is limiting your offense. And by the way, your, your inability when you, when you look at Jaron and you, and you look at some of the numbers, BYU was 5 of 14 on third down. 5 of 14 on third down. And you start looking at fourth down efficiency, they, they're going for it on fourth down, they're two of two, right? But you, you, you get into these other, these other numbers, 
you're averaging 2.8 yards per rush. That's horrendous. And that's not the offensive line. We can sit here and again, Harris Lachance did not play. Was the offensive line good? No, it was mediocre is what it was. But the issue is you're routinely in, in, in almost every situation facing seven, eight guys. You have linebackers that have zero coverage responsibilities just attacking the football. You have five, four, five guys tackling the football for Baylor the other day. If you go back and watch the game, you're just going to see three, four, five guys going to the football. Tyler Algier is, is absolutely struggling, not because of the offensive line. It's because of Jaron Hall. There was an RPO, and really it was a straight option, right? Like Jaron Hall's got the ball. He never even took a step towards the line of scrimmage. Got the ball, took a stagger step, and immediately threw it to Algier. Like he's not even pretending to try and run the football. Yeah, It, it is... I don't understand it at this point. And we can sit here and we can play nice, and but why don't we just tell the truth? Jaron Hall is limiting the offense right now. Plain and simple. Because he's not the best passer of the football. He's a guy who needs to run to be effective. We have all these guys in the wide receiver room waiting to eat. And what do we have? And, and a lot of people are going to point to, oh, Puka Nakua and the deep ball. And, hey, that's great. That's great. How many back shoulder throws did Jaron Hall miss? How many balls were underthrown that should have been touchdowns? Yeah. Two of the Puka Nakua bombs should have been touchdowns, but they were underthrown. That is guy by a step, at least. I'm just I'm telling you, these are these Jaron Hall is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not an elite passer. I know that he's he's grown leaps and bounds, but at some point he's gonna have to start running the football again. Because I got news for you as well. You've got three huge games left in front of you. Washington State, then Virginia, and then you finish this season with, with SC. You're not going to win any of those three games playing this kind of football. If this is your game plan, don't even get off the bus. Yeah. yeah. I, I, in all honesty, if you are going to show up against Washington State and just have Jaron be a pocket passer, you're going to lose by three touchdowns. I, I, I don't know what other way to, to, to say it yeah. or to put it. You're, you're just not going to affect – you have no space to play football. And, and, and I've, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, but the facts are the facts. Why, why are BYU fans so married to Jaron Hall? I'm struggling to understand it because he's – it's frustrating to me. I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> it's so I mean, frustrating. I'm, I'm with it. Um, Spencer Morgan says, what does Utah football have to do to get their image on the stream? We'll become the biggest story in football, and we'll put you on the stream. And we have. We, we I mean, the, there are thumbnails of of BYU on the on, on our on our channel, but they're not the biggest story in football right now. BYU losing at Baylor is a much bigger story than than Utah winning. With all due respect to Utah, who we're going to talk about in a minute, that's a great win. That's not as big as the BYU loss. Yeah. Jeff Clawson says it's all it's all the depth, guys. If Jaron doesn't run, he's not the same QB. It's like making Taysom Hill not run. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I, I'm sh I'm quite sure that he's just physically not one of two things. He's not able to take a hit right now, or he does not want to take a hit right now. Either way, I don't care. It's limiting the offense. 
to have Jaron Hall just be a pocket passer. I just don't understand why the coaching staff is willing to take anything less than the best player at the position. What? Why? Why is it that that's okay? Like why? Why? Why are we going with somebody who? clearly ha- clearly is dealing with something whether it's physical or mental like you were just talking about why why would you not continue to sit him down and play Baylor Romney a guy who is ready he's fine he's well, past a concussion and BYU fans want to celebrate all the depth that this program has well what good is depth if you're not going to play it exactly this is a Jacob Conover conversation yeah what good is depth if you're not going to if you're not going to leverage it uh, I've I just I don't understand it um, Eric C says, and there's San Diego state ranked higher than BYU. Eric's got a San Diego state Aztec tattoo on his, on his lower yeah. back, uh, apparently. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, why would Arizona or why would uh, San Diego state not be ranked higher than BYU? I mean, other than the fact that they play in the mountain West and they don't have a quality win on their schedule. But other than that, I mean, why would they be ranked All, higher than every BYU? San, San Diego State fan wants to be at the at the big table and it's never going to happen dude it's not going to happen not while not while you're in the position that you're in so I wouldn't say never right now I mean you're a Mountain West team you're irrelevant that's what I'm saying it's not it's not going to happen until you change your 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 you know your positioning you're I, I mean if we talk about and this is the problem with the mountain and this is why BYU left the mountain you you have no argument to make that they should. I mean, if you win the Mountain West, are are you should you be in a big bowl game? I mean, if you're well, I mean, you have that mighty San Jose State win. Anyway, um, not to burst your bubble. Uh, Spencer Morgan says Baylor is a good team. I never understood why you guys took the game. Uh, why you guys took that game as a like I said Baylor would win. I mean, I actually have Jake is the one who said BYU was yeah, going to win because by the, re- the reason the reason the reason I said that BYU was going to dominate that game is because I was expecting to get, I don't know, a dual threat quarterback and some guy named Jaron Hall actually being a dual threat quarterback, meaning that the 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 linebackers had to account for him passing and running not just kind of passing and attempting a one yard run here and there. Yeah. Like the, 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 the amount of the, the price that BYU's offense pays for Jaron Hall being what he is right now is, is almost immeasurable. Like you can't everyone, everyone was saying like, like, you know, I, I was tweeting with people. I'm not going to name them by name. Cause you know, it's not worth it, but I was tweeting with people, you know, during this game and they're like, well, Jaron is a great passer of the football and he is, he's doing a great job. And I'm just sitting here saying, dude, you should have, what, 17 more points on the board than you have if you would just simply hit a guy in stride? I mean, I, I'm not trying to hate on Jaron, but but that is that not your job as a quarterback? Ball placement, to hit your guy in stride, to have touch on the football so that so that the Nakua brothers can get somewhere, so that Romney can, can, can make a catch so, in stride? So that Isaac Rex will stop being woefully underused as a receiver. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like, that's why I said that Bay- that they should beat Baylor on the road because, frankly, yeah. this BYU team is just as good as Baylor. The score doesn't reflect that, but they are just as good as Baylor. The problem is is they're, they're not good enough to have half a quarterback at QB1. That's that's the problem, and I, and I really – I'm sure some people are going to say, well, you're just hating on Jared. I'm not hating on the guy. He's He's playing at half of his ability. Do we not remember what he did against Arizona in the in Las Vegas? Do we not remember that? Do we not remember how many times he broke them off for like 25-yard runs? 
look at Utah. Look at the Utah win. Yeah. He break. Look at the Arizona State win. He, I mean, those runs down the sideline are absolutely spirit crushing, back breaking runs, and they won the game. And you've completely stopped using those runs, like that. I mean, he is. Do you understand that outside of that one sixty-five yard run, which shows you his spectacular ability to run the football? He never even attempted to run. So then the question has to be asked, who is it? Is it the play calling or is it Jaron Hall? That's that's what you have to ask because because on that touchdown play, clearly that was a play for him to run and keep it. Yeah. Right? So it's like, okay, the, the plays are in the playbook, right? They're going to call it strategically, but clearly uh, based on watching every snap of that game, they're not calling it aggressively for him to run. And so my guess is, is he's like 70, 80% physically. And I, I think it's probably strong to say they don't trust Baylor Romney, but it's kind of starting to walk towards that a little bit for me. Cause if you, if you trusted him, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you at half put him in? Why, why would you not have brought him in? I, I, I am only guessing. I am only surmising that, it can only be one of two things. The coaching staff does not believe Jacob Conover is ready. And the coaching staff does not believe that. I, I don't know what to say about Baylor Romney. Is he not recovered from this concussion? He went through pregame warmup. Um, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, he was I, dressed. I, I, I don't he, know. He was ready to play. It, it is baffling to me. It, it is. I, I, I can't recall a situation where a guy that was so desperate to run and needs to run to win simply refuses to run. Yeah. So is it Jaron Hall or is it the coaches? I, I don't know. That's a great question, though. You know? I, I really don't know. And it's something that you have to look for in the program. I mean, it, it's like – and here's the other thing, too, for me, like as I watch this team – now I'm like, dude, like these decisions have legitimately cost you an opportunity at the college football playoff. We can say that. They were 5-0. and you were, you were in the Boise game. You should have won that game. Everyone, people are going to say, well, they got their ass kicked by Baylor because Baylor's just a better team. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Baylor's just an outright better team. I don't believe that, that Baylor is, is, you know, and that's like a Georgia, Alabama, LSU powerhouse. Listen, that's just better. You're, you're, if you're BYU, if Tyler Algier doesn't run for 100 to 125, 130 yards, you're not going to win. Yeah. Period. And you, you, I again go back to, I again go back to the numbers in this game. And when Tyler Algier carries the ball and, and you're, I just don't see that you're in a position here where you're able to, because of the way the offense is struggling, that you're able to have him run for those, those kind of numbers. I, I, I just don't see that that's a possibility. I mean, he had 15 carries and 33 yards. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And he has no room to run. No room to run. And by the way, the defense is a huge problem right now. Yeah. You, you gave up 534 yards of total offense to Baylor. And you allowed a team that's been mediocre running the football to run all over you. And I, I, I think schematically, things are you're, you're fine. Your guys are in the right spot. They're simply not executing right now. And 
I think a lot of that is, is that you are trying to compensate for the secondary that can't cover me. I mean, if I'm running through the middle of the secondary, am I covered? I'm probably, I'm probably not covered. It is so frustrating yeah. to watch this BYU secondary struggle against basic route combinations. And I mean, out, left, middle, in. Like If you throw a double move at BYU, it's a touchdown every single time. Because they're... Their DBs can't cover it. And I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know why guys in that BYU secondary don't have very good ball skills. I don't know why guys in this BYU secondary do not communicate. They don't have good instincts either. You know, you 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 watch, you know, the how long it takes them to break on a on a pass or 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 instinctually like knowing where the football could go. Like But it but See, I'll disagree with you on on one thing. And, you know, I've had the great fortune of covering a lot of of football coaches, but Jim Harbaugh said something to me once that has stuck with me. Insecurity is the single biggest enemy of instincts. And when you are insecure and you are not confident about what you are seeing in front of you, it absolutely squashes your instinct. And to me, that's what it looks like when you have guys falling over each other to try and intercept a ball that you absolutely need to have picked off yeah. and it hits the ground. That's a problem. When you have guys turning the wrong way, when you, when you have a corner that looks to my eyes, like he thinks he has help over the top and there's none. Now, is that a communication problem or they're just not on the same page or they're not prepared? I don't know. The secondary for BYU is crippling this defense because you're getting quality linebacker play. You are getting, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how else you can, you can describe this. I, the way Ben Bywater is playing. Yeah. I mean, the way that guys like, you know, Peyton Wilger, um, Chaz Ayu, those, the linebackers are around the football and they're, most of the time in the right spot. But I think they're playing so far off the line of scrimmage. You're, they're finding themselves in open space, one-on-one -on -one with a ball carrier far too often. And, yeah, it's just baffling to me. I could go on and on, but yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. This is a shockingly, shockingly bad turn of events for BYU football. And it's... The loyalty that they are showing to Jaron Hall, because that's the only word that I can think of. Yeah. The loyalty that BYU coaches are showing to Jaron Hall is incredibly frustrating because you either want to win football games or we want to be nice folks. Well, I say you be both and you do what's best for the 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 guys on the on the on the field and you play a quarterback that's fully capable. Because again, when Jaron Hall's 100% and he can run and he can pass, he's your starting quarterback. But the guy can't run right now. And from from what we what I understand, and I know it's HIPAA, and I get it, right? <laughs> There's a drop in the machine that says it's HIPAA. I think that's HIPAA. But anyway, the point is, I understand that we don't talk about guys' injuries openly. that's HIPAA. Okay, cool. If he's not running, that better not be a choice. That better not be schematics. That better not be, well, you know, we feel like we're a better offense with him in the pocket. Because if it is, you should be fired. I mean, it's incompetence. So what is it? Is it the kid is hurt? 
or is it complete incompetence? Well, I know just about every coach on that staff, trust me, it's not incompetence. I'm telling you, Jaron Hall is physically unable to, to take hits. And I think one of the things, and I know I got my ass handed to me for this as well, he's injury prone. He's injury prone. At yeah. what point you're going to just have to embrace that about Jaron Hall. The guy gets out of bed and he's injured. Yeah. Right? I mean, the guy eats lunch and then they put him on the injury report. You have to check it before you wreck it. Uh-oh, he's got a paper due. Look out. He's going to have elbow tendonitis. Like, that's just who this guy is. Some guys are just injury prone. Jaron Hall's injury prone. Though he can't run? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm team Baylor Romney all day. Yep. Period. All right. Uh, let's get some of your comments in here. Um, let's see. Chris Carn says, morning, fellas. I hate sports today. BYU and the Chicago Bears. Good talk. Good, good talk. Mm. We're going to get to the Chicago Bears in a minute because they, they didn't do something that really, really disappointed me. Jeff Clausen says, part of what is probably, part of that is probably because he's the first QB to beat Utah in a while. So you're making... So your process is defined by your emotions then. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's the point he's trying to make is that Jaron, you know, beat Utah and and all of a sudden he's a folk hero. Yeah. Gabe Ledley, good morning to you. He says, Congrats on six hundred, my guys. Thank you. Thank you, Gabe. Today is uh, our six hundred show. So that's amazing. Yep. Um Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. Like Been doing the show like five years now? More than that, I guess. I don't know. I mean, with some long breaks for when we were on the radio, you know, but yeah, I mean, we started doing this show October 1st of 2015, I guess. Okay. Um, So almost seven years then. Almost seven years with a couple of years off in between there. Yeah. For radio that we were doing. So yeah, yeah, I guess it is five years ish. Yeah. Yeah. 600 shows. Pretty good. Pretty good. Appreciate you noticing that, Gabe. Larry Pilgrim says, so what are you saying is Hall... You're, so what you're saying is Hall is exposed. I think he's an average thrower of the football is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think versus Baylor, when you need a guy to be a dynamic thrower of the football to when, – when you're playing a good defense, when you're not playing Utah State, when you're playing like Baylor, when you're playing these good teams, you can't have a guy out there who's not 100%. You You've can't. watched two weeks in a row as a defense has taken away two of your three levels, underneath and intermediate are just not options for Jaron Hall. He is he is being productive, throwing the ball deep down the field. He is getting large chunks of yardage. And it's mainly because there's no respect for for the underneath. They're, they're t- they completely took it away. They took away your ability to run the football. Completely took it away. Tyler Algier is, is one of the best running backs in the country. And we're not seeing it. And the BYU coaches are are settling for that. They are absolutely settling for that. And I, it's not the – I'm telling you, the easy thing is, oh, what's the offensive line? Oh, we're missing guys on the offensive line. MP played. You're missing Harris LaChance. I'm telling you right now, that's an excuse. That's an excuse. And by the way, if you're getting if you're getting hard pressed and there are guy and they're blitzing you or there are seven guys, there's no better cure for that than a guy who can just put his foot in the ground and throw the ball out to the sideline. Yeah. Jaron Hall doesn't do that. Yeah. Okay, well then there's no 
There's no better cure for that than a wide receiver beating his guy off the line and Jaron Hall putting it on the numbers three yards into the route. But he doesn't do that. And, hey, man, if you on third and six can just give me four seconds, I can throw a back shoulder fade. Jaron Hall doesn't do that. I don't know what more you need to see from his ability not to do things. His limitations are also the limitations of the entire offense. Because your offensive line is is playing some average football. I would agree with that. Well, how do you help the offensive line? Well, you run the ball more effectively. Well, but you can't run the ball more effectively because you have seven guys in the box. And actually, the sad thing is, the sad thing is that it's it it essentially is 10 guys in the box yeah because they're all right there yeah. i mean the entire baylor defense all 11 of them all 11 of them are are within i'd say you have eight guys within 7 yards of the line of scrimmage yes and then you've got three guys two safeties in a corner that was off at 9 and 10 yards i mean it's it it's on take and why can that and why can that corner play that much depth well, because he knows if there's a crossing route, his linebackers are there. And by the way, he knows that the ball's going to be underthrown deep. They're not worried about giving up a 70-yard touchdown. They're not worried about giving up a 50-yard touchdown. Because even if you complete a 35, 40, 50-yard pass down the field and you're at the 12-yard line, they're just going to flood the zone and you're not going to be able to execute because you can't run the ball. Because Jaron's not mobile. They have no fear of him. It's not rocket anyway. science. Uh, part of the um, – yeah, 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 I read that one. Josh Alpaw, BYU being 5-0 and might be a fluke. I honestly thought we would get to four or five win total this season after every one we lost. So to have five wins right now is not – I'm not that upset about it. Oh, you should be. You should be. You should be 6-1 and one at, a, at a minimum. You should be 6-1. and one. You should be 15th in the country. You should be going home to play Washington State or going to Pullman to play Washington State for a top 10 place. You, you, you should be. Yeah. And you can go to Washington State and win. I mean, you're good enough. You have depth enough. You have quality enough. Yeah, but again, <laughs> yeah. what did we just say? Yep, I agree. Uh, William Glade says, spot on. There are some things Kalani Sataki needs to address before they can reach the next level uh, QB and coaching staff. Yeah, I. The defense is not the problem. They, you know, there was one guy that just wouldn't shut up about the defense on Saturday. L- listen, you're going to give up 28 points a week in college football to just about every team. I mean, you have so much speed and athleticism on the field offensively, you're going to give up 20 something points a game. The, the problem is that this group of BYU athletes can't match that kind of production. I mean, you got beat by 14 points. You got beat by two touchdowns at Baylor. It's inexcusable. Yeah. And and you did it to yourself. You you did Both it to yourself. Both of these games, you did it to yourself. And that's the most frustrating part. Like, if I was a – again, I'm not a BYU fan. But if I was a BYU fan, that's what I would be most upset about. You know, uh, against, against Boise – you know, the, on a surface level, you can look at the fumbles, but the Jaron Hall dynamic was still there. You know, they may have won that game if they hadn't fumbled it, right? They may have got away with the Jaron thing at Boise because they're just better than Boise, honestly, and they shot themselves in the foot. But against Baylor, I just it, it's just frustrating when you know that the team has more. 
you know that on the sideline you've got a guy in Baylor who can absolutely bomb it down the field but can also thread the needle whenever he wants to. He's able to leverage the talent in the wide receiver room. Yeah. You are – I mean, you're using – every week – am I the only one who notices that every week it's one guy? Yeah. Every week it's Puka Nakua or Gunnar Romney or Isaac Rexel have a and big even, game. And even – bro, even he had – dude, he was eating – that cornerback alive. He had two, three steps at one point on this guy. And Jaron cannot hit him in stride. And I know I keep going back to that, but the reason I'm on that so much is because you, you're talking about, what did they have, 14 points in this game or whatever it was? 24. They, 24 points in this game. So you finished at 24. You should have been 31, 35, if he just simply would have thrown the ball out to let him go get the ball. Yeah, leave the receiver. Like, how hard is that? It's your it's your job as a quarterback to to put the ball in the right spot. It, so to be that underthrown, to have your wide receiver having to fight through the cornerback who's got three steps on is is just unacceptable. Yeah, it, it's frustrating. I mean, it really is. Anyway. Needless to say, Washington State is a must-win game. Just I'm just telling you now. Like, if you lose that game, I mean, we can just look at next year. Fuck, Baylor had seven tackles for loss. And we wonder why they have 67 yards in the box score. Like, That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like a lot when you're watching the game, but then you get into the box score and you're like, well, there Five you go. Five sacks and seven tackles for loss. Five sacks and only two pass defended. I mean, that's... And you hurried the quarterback four more times. Like, I, I mean, come on. You're making it easy it's for It's not defense. in question what, what they should do. It's not in question. It should be Baylor Romney until Jaron's 100%. James Knight says, forgive my ignorance, but it sounds like BYU got bent over and taken to pound town. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, pretty much. Repeatedly. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Mind Axiom says, "What with that receiver core, you need to go with a prolific passer. Romney yeah. would have taken advantage of those mismatches in the secondary. Yeah, because Baylor Romney is a wonderful thrower of the football. And what that means is he understands time and space. He understands you're not just throwing lollipops up hoping your receiver makes a play. When you have a guy like Puka Nakua in, in this particular instance who's got two steps, three steps on a DB, all you have to do is, is throw that ball out in front of him and he's going to score a touchdown. It's that easy. And and it's, well, for Jaron Hall, that's just not how he operates. That he's not at that level yet. You can't have loyalty to guys who are underperforming in sports. You just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, Barfing Chicken says it takes a careful balance to properly use dual threat QBs. Mendenhall used Taysom like a running back and look how many times he got hurt. Yeah. I, but here's the problem. I understand that Jaron Hall is injury prone when you allow him to run. But the issue is he's not good enough at, at throwing the football to justify having him in there if he's not going to run. Dual threat quarterbacks are what they are, right? And it's why you have depth. But why do you have depth if you're not going to use it? I mean, if the guy's not healthy, you shouldn't. I, I'm telling you, you can't have him out there. Spencer Morgan says, I'm I'm not sure how, whoa, um, I'm not sure how a five and two BYU team is a bigger story than Utah team. That's the only undefeated PAC 12 team left in conference play because BYU two weeks ago was the 10th ranked team in the country. BYU. And, and I, I, I heard about this all weekend long on Twitter. Talk Utah, talk Utah. Talk. Okay. Listen, BYU is 
A, got into the Big 12, B, finally beat Utah, and C, was 5-0 and and 10th in the country. Utah, the bye week came at a terrible, great, perfect time because Utah was irrelevant for two weeks. I mean, how much how much Utah football were you even thinking about? Not much. Not much at all. And when you lose the way that they had been losing and you had a quarterback quit and I mean, that absolutely. This resurgent story at Utah is is a big story. It's not as big as BYU losing two straight. And the way they're losing it and the decision making that's going into them losing it is a much bigger story. It than Utah. With all due respect, I mean the Utes are are doing well. It's this is not Utah is not nearly the story that BYU is at the moment. And I know that you know, be you know, Utah fans are going. Oh, you're kissing the church's ass. You're drinking a blue Kool Aid. You, you just want ratings. Well, actually, we don't have ratings on this show, so ratings are irrelevant to us. We're going to talk about what the the majority of people in Utah are talking about, and that would be BYU football right now. So, um, Jeremy Bolton says also, if it's why going into the Big Twelve is going to be huge. BYU currently has no depth. BYU's offensive line was getting lit up. Well. I disagree they have no depth. I think you have three quarterbacks that are fully capable of playing right now. They're not using the depth. That's the problem. Uh, Your your depth at wide receiver is immense. Um, Your rotational depth on the defensive line is very good. Your depth at linebacker is, I mean, your starters are great. You know, your fill players um, are good. You have depth. The issue is you don't have depth or quality in the secondary. And right now you just have so many injuries on the offensive line that it's it's insignificant what kind of depth you have. Because now your depth isn't depth anymore. Your depth is playing. So there's a big difference there. Casey Finlinson says that Keenan-Peely injury is much more significant than expected. I totally disagree. Totally disagree. I, I think that P, you miss him. He's a great player. But I think what you're getting out of Chaz Ayu is he's more than filled the gap. He's more than filled the gap. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is you miss IU being in the secondary. Everybody, not everybody, probably 10 tweets were like, well, if Peely's healthy, we win that game. Well, he's not, and you didn't. And how, I don't, about, how about a better if? How about I a better if? Yeah, I don't actually think Peely would have won you that game. I think if you'd have played Baylor-Romney, you'd have beat Boise. There you go. I don't know if you'd have played Baylor if you'd have beat Baylor on Saturday. If you'd have played Romney, I don't know if you'd have beat Baylor. My opinion is is that you would have. That's my opinion because I think Baylor would have made those throws and I think you would have put two more touchdowns on the board um, than you did. And I think by doing that, you would have completely changed the momentum and flow of the game. Just so many catastrophic breakdowns. Yeah. It, it, it's – anyway, on to Utah. Yeah, because they're um, the bigger story in town, right? Yeah, let's talk about the biggest story in football. Um, this was a spectacular win. Yeah. Um, I think whatever happened at halftime, I don't know. And I don't want to know, but this was an amazing turnaround. And we told you, I predicted 26, 24 Utah over Arizona state Mm -hmm. completely got that wrong, but this team's going to go the way the cam rising goes. And I think his turnaround was nothing short of spectacular against Arizona State. Um, that you've won three in a row. And, and 
you know, frankly, I think that San Diego State loss was probably good for this team. It was a wake-up call. You know, the the issue with Charlie Brewer quitting, and I think now you're a different football team than you were then. Yeah. And I've been saying for a few weeks, again, you have everything to play for if you're Utah. And as many people want to write off the Utes and the season was over, you haven't lost a game in the conference yet. And to see this team battle the way that they've battled, to be 3-0, and and frankly, against the two teams, Washington State and SC are two of the worst teams in the conference, it, it would appear. Um, But ASU's a good win. That's a physical, fast ASU defense. I'm pretty impressed with that win. Yeah, and, it, and I think the biggest statement that, that this team is making is they're, they're showing you that that even through adversity, they're going to come back and, and bring their best. And, and and I love you know that Kyle Whittingham, after the game, is tweeting 28 unanswered. I mean, that that is... Well, his that, Twitter account. His Twitter account. Whatever, dude. His name is on it. He's tweeting it. Like, I, it is what it is, right? At the end of the day, like, I, I just love the mentality. You know, I love that... I love that 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 they're the way they're playing the game. I yeah, I think Cam Rising is playing really well, uh, and, and I think you know you have uh, two different stories going on in the state of Utah. You know, you've got one team in BYU where the defense can't stop anything. You've got another team in Utah that's had a bunch of tragedy and they just weren't playing good football. And now all of a sudden their defense rolls out, and makes a bunch of plays, and shuts down one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the conference. And, and, and I, I, it is a great story. Like, it is. Like, I'm really happy that Utah is back in business. And, I, and, I, and I'm glad we don't have to talk about Kyle Whittingham being done and, and the program's burning to the ground and the season's over. I'm glad we're past that, that time in Utah football. I am. I, I just think it's, it's great to have them back. And I think they, they've, you're right. You were right weeks ago that they still have a lot to play for. And I think the question really was, you know, were they going to be able to come back from uh, from the Aaron Lowe situation? Were they going to be able to come back from Charlie Brewer quitting? Like, those are the questions, that, and they've answered them. Well, <clears throat> by the way, welcome, Bran Keithy, to the uh, Utah Utes for 2021. <laughs> uh, good to show, see him show up, three catches, two scores. Um, you know, Tavion Thomas looks like he's emerged as your lead back. Um, 20 for 84 yards and a touchdown. You get three on the ground. Um, Cam Rising... You know, obviously, you don't like the interceptions. You don't like yeah. the turnovers. But, I mean, you like 21-33 for 247 and two scores. Um, you also like that he's your second-leading rusher. Funny what mobile quarterbacks can do. Um, and you like that that absolutely this Utah defense came out and got after that ASU yeah. in the second half. Um, I mean, Devin Lloyd, I thought, had his best game of the season. Um, I also think, um, junior, uh, junior Tafuna was, I thought a real difference maker in this game. Um, you know, in watching, I mean, there's just so many guys that you can point to who made critical plays in big moments. Fillinger, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I look at, I mean, well, we could go up and down this list. Monte Davis, like I just think as a team, they're, they're feeding off this energy, you know, they're, they're feeding off of, yeah. you know, it's not. So a lot of people were when they went to SC. A lot of people were like, "Well, you know, how is the how are how is the emotion of Aaron Lowe's death going to affect this team? How is that how is yeah. that going to affect the ball club?" And they go and show you what they're capable of. 
and then you've got after the game you've got the funeral and you've got everything that goes on and you know you go through all these processes you get on the jet and everything and and so then you've got this ASU team coming to town and you're like okay this is this is a good team now you know we're not playing SC now SC was a great team with all due respect but ASU is kind of a different beast and I and I think that I, I think the the cool thing is is yes we can go up and down the box score and and look at individual performances and everything but that's not really how this team is playing football right now they're not playing Tavian Thomas isn't like hey hand me the football I want to score a bunch of times in this game that's not really what the mentality of the squad is and and I think you know Kyle Whittingham deserves as much credit right now as he's ever deserved in the past even more so than the 2019 uh, 2019 team getting to the conference championship and losing. That was one hell of a team. But just from a coaching perspective, I think the job he's done this year to this point, right? There's still a lot of football left to be played. But to this point, he deserves a lot of credit. You know, he's got this team going in the right direction again. And I just don't want people to forget that three weeks ago, we were talking about this guy being done and, and being being retiring and and the 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 program was going to have to move on like i literally specifically remember you saying on the show we shouldn't be talking about kyle whittingham kyle whittingham's replacement until we're there and and now i think he's showing you why and it's great to see yeah i it is an incredible turnaround now the question becomes you know where do they stack up in the in the in the pac-12 and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would still lead to Oregon being the best team in the conference. Um, you know, what are they five and one? I guess at this point, and and ten team in the country. You also, yeah. I mean, I I think you also look at, um, you know, you also look at UCLA. We'll see. I mean, both those teams, you know, are on your schedule here coming up. I mean, now you've got you've got to go to Corvallis, uh, to take on Oregon State, which is not a gimme. Um, you know, but I mean, I, I think, I think that there is a real argument to be made that Utah, Utah has the potential to win every game they have left on the schedule. I mean, obviously these next three are going to determine your future here. I mean, you're at Oregon state. That's a game that you could pretty easily see them losing. Mm -hmm. That's a really difficult place to go and play right now. Um, UCLA comes to Rice Eccles on, um, you know, the 30th, I guess that's in two weeks. I mean, they, the, the, that's tough. And then you got to go to the farm and play Stanford to open up November. Um, and, and then obviously you, you have Oregon in, in your one of your rivals, Colorado, to finish. It's just. Yeah, you got a stretch here. You've got a lot of games left to play. Yeah. There's a lot of football left to play. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. But I, I think Utah is one of the great resurgent stories in, in college football. And I think there's every reason to believe that they can win the South. Um, you know, you're, you have a game on Arizona state and UCLA, that UCLA game now really becomes the hammer. Yes. Um, because you have to think that Utah's going to lose a game here. I mean, when you have that kind of schedule, it's really difficult to run the table. Um, but I, you, you know, if you beat UCLA, I mean, you own the tiebreaker on ASU and UCLA, which would be huge, It'd be absolutely yeah. huge. And, I, and, and then yeah. you own the tiebreaker on USC. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Utah doesn't have to win every game to get to the Rose Bowl. They don't. They need to beat UCLA. That UCLA game becomes a must win. And thankfully, it's here in Salt Lake City, or excuse me, Sac Lake City. It's going to be cold. Uh, it's going to be cold. So I'm telling you, everything you want, if you're a Utah fan, is right in front of you. Who goes to a better bowl, Utah or BYU at this point? Mm, 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 mm. I want to say Utah. 
at this point. Because I think Utah Utah's playing with a lot of momentum right now. And, yes. and and more importantly, I think they're playing with a lot of belief. And and we not to go diving deep back into BYU, but I think one of the, the bigger storylines we're also watching with this BYU team right now is the belief in Jaron Hall from the players. You know, when you when we talked all about against Boise State, how you have guys like Algier and, and Peeney yeah. trying to get that extra yard because they know that they don't have a healthy quarterback. And so right here today, when I look at, okay, who's who's going to go to the better bowl? Well, I kind of lean Utah just because they're playing with a ton of momentum. They're playing with a ton of belief, and they're playing with a lot of motivation. And, they and frankly, a lot of times football games come down to who wants it more. And right now Utah wants it more. It's just that simple. Yeah, I, I think it is um, – how shall I say? I think it's very difficult to question desire in teams. But it is unquestionable at Utah. Utah is playing for something different. Um, and really, at this point, I think BYU is going to have a hard time justifying, you know, a lot of their schedule. Like if Boise losing Air, Air Force over the weekend mm – -hmm. It's absolutely gut busting. It's a bad loss. Um, SC, you know, even if you beat SC, Washington State's not a great team. I mean, BYU's strength of schedule is going to haunt them come bowl selection. The, the narrative for Utah is powerful. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, it ju it just is. Like, you know, it, it, hey, you had, you know, you lost Ty Jordan, and now you've lost Aaron Lowe, and where was this program going to go, and what were they going to do? Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're starting to win games, and – and you're doing it with these cool all white uniforms and and you're you're dominating teams like like to to put up 28 unanswered against a good a really really quality ASU offense like i'm not talking about ASU as a whole but we can all agree that that offense is dynamic and to to hold them down like that is is it's just impressive yeah we'll see i guess yeah how about this Ed Ogeron story mhm mm this is a little surprising to me well, now there's all kinds of rumors that he had his girlfriends at practice and he was distracted. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the the on a surface level, the guy is what twenty two ish months removed from winning the national championship and Joe Burrow smoking his cigar, right? Like, Came under five hundred since that moment. Like, it's not like the team has been awful. Have they? Have they been what LSU typically is? No, they haven't. They haven't been. You know, they, they, they haven't been that. But but I, when this news came out, I was like, really? Right now? Like, you're 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 reaching an agreement to part ways. Big air quotes, right? Like, the timing just seems odd. And so then, you know, you're talking about these rumors coming out now. And there's, a, there, you know, the players and coaches don't want to play and coach for him. And it just is a weird situation. And, 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 it, and I hate to say it. But is Edo turning into, you know, one of those guys that has culture issues? Is that what this is? I can't say definitively yet. I don't think anyone can. But but you're telling me the rumors are that your girlfriends were at practice? What? what? Like, yeah. if people are saying that, there's got to be at least some truth to it on some level. Well, and if you didn't hear, Ed Ogeron was essentially fired at LSU. He'll coach the rest of the season. They'll pay him the $17 million remaining on his contract. Um, but he was fired because his players and his coaches didn't want to play for him or coach with him anymore. And it turned into a nasty situation. Oh, by the way, they also got a huge win over the weekend. Um, but this is a NAR situation. And when you look at the jobs that are going to be open, I don't know what's a better gig, USC or LSU. 
Mm. I'd have to say LSU because you have more. I mean, you just have more of everything at LSU. Yeah. I mean, you have huge games every year. Uh, it's the you SEC. Have, you have I access mean, yeah. to the national championship. Yeah. You have access to great recruits. You have a great alumni and donor base. Like, it's everything that you want in college football. And USC's in the Pac-12. So, there you go. <laughs> what I mean, more do we need to say? <laughs> LSU's the far better job. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Like you know, so obviously all the all the SC coaching candidates, you know, the James Franklins of the world, and and you know all the name, all the usual suspects, right, um, are now in contention for the LSU job. Yeah. So does you know, like one of the questions being raised is, what if James Franklin takes the LSU job instead of the SC job? Then what? You know, then what does SC do? I don't know. I just don't think James Franklin's <clears throat> that great of a candidate. Oh, I don't think he's that great of a football coach. Like he's done a nice job, but but I think that he is the feel good, you know, good PR move. He's the safe move for for a hire instead of going after. He's like the guy. He's like the guy you get because you know that he's not going to have Urban Meyer level culture issues. You know that your program's going to be in safe hands. Are you going to win national championships? Remains to be seen. But you know, at least you're not going to have a bunch of drama in your program, which is what I think SC or what sounds like at LSU at this point is is probably looking for. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, it is, you know. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. Um, I, I just, yeah, I that SC job's not. I don't know. Like, I look at the best jobs that are going to be available. If Penn State's available and either LSU or SC's available, yeah. I mean, isn't Penn State a better job than USC right now? Because of the conference situation. Because of the, yes. the, the conference situation for yes. sure. Yes. But well, I'm but I'm also like at the same time, I'm also like, dude, if you can be the guy that that takes like like not that this is gonna happen, right? But let's say that Kalani took the SC job. Just just for a hypothetical, right? If Kalani Sataki took the job at SC and took them to a national championship. Oh, I mean, what else, are, what else is there to talk even about? Say that out loud? What else is there to talk about? You know, I mean, the, the guy, the guy would forever be a legend, not only in college football, but at USC. And, and that's the thing that's hard about SC. The conference is so trash, like just garbage. Yeah. But, but SC is such a, a, you know, like a, a legendary job from a school perspective that it's hard to not be like, man, like, it's Southern California, like I, you know, you're. It's just it's SC. That's the best way to say it. It's USC. They're on the radar every time. Blake says, "Bring Utah over to the Big Twelve with BYU. The Utes will be mid bottom tier Big Twelve. You should try watching Utah football. This you, you this Utah team things. would have beat Baylor. Let me put it that way. You, you say ridiculous things. Calvin Johnson says, "Ben, don't break defense. Is great when playing with the lead. It's pretty problematic when you play from behind. Yeah." You're finding that out at BYU. Uh, Blake says, uh, uh, Calvin, unless your name is OSU and you're playing Texas. That was what I. Anyway, it's Texas. Anyway. I don't even know what to say about that. Um, you know, Jeff Clawson. Whoa. Comment dump. Hi, Jeff Clawson says BYU is locked into the Independence Bowl against a Conference USA team. Yuck. Well, they have three choices now. I mean, I think New Year's six is over now, but. I think it's the Cheez-Its Bowl or some stupid bowl like that or the Independence Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you kind of write your ticket to not a great bowl game. Yeah. So, 
We'll see. Josh Levern says BYU gets to play Washington State, who has the most league wins in the Pac-12 North this week. Who cares? Like I Washington State with Nick Rolacock. Uh, I haven't I haven't looked at his situation. I mean, today's it's Monday. It's today's Monday D-Day for uh, Rolacock. Hey man, it's Monday. By the way, did anybody notice it? Uh, heavy anti-vaxer, power anti-vaxer, Cam Newton. Yeah, got vaccinated. Well, well, well. Look who missed playing football. Kyrie, where are you at, bud? Kyrie, hey, Michael Porter Jr., where are you at? I don't know what you say to anti-vaxxers at this point. Guess what? Today, Monday, motherfucker. <laughs> That's what you say. That is what you say. Hey, bud. Hey, bud, it's Monday. It's Monday. You know what that means, Nick? That means you're off the job. That's what that means. I mean, today's the deadline. It is Monday, October 18th. So. God, that's such a good drop. Um, it is Monday. And, and, well, Monday sucked just as a whole. Right. Um, I already want to go back to bed. But yeah, the next question. Yeah, the point is, <laughs> seriously, the point is um, Rollercock should be fired. I mean, <laughs> there's just no way around it. I still can't get over that nickname. You've been on a streak these last couple of weeks. Nick's Chubb. Yeah. Rollercock. Yeah, I know. It's what I do. Joe Cook says exactly, Calvin. Uh, Sean Mirzinski says they wanted him, but now not sure who. I don't know who's him. And Spencer Morgan says BYU was five and zero. Oh, was mm-hmm. okay. What Utah fans just won't hear of it. Yeah, they're not less. Like I, they're I, haters, I, dude. That's what they are. I don't know how you how else to say that BYU is a much bigger story than Utah. Yeah, much bigger story. Unless you're up on the hill. Uh, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Larry Pilgrim says Wazoo also has two conference losses. Washington State's not a very good team. Why is this even a conversation? I don't know because Josh Lovren is in Seattle. Uh, He says, uh, Larry, that's true, but they still have the most wins in the Pac-12 North, which is like saying you're banging your mom. Nobody cares (laughs) and nobody wants to hear about it. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. I mean, it's awkward, man. (laughs) I think that's HIPAA. You know. Uh, and on a three-game win streak, they might, however, not have a head coach by the end of the day. Well, <laughs> you know, Cam <laughs> – I probably went too far there. Uh, Cam Harrison says maybe BYU will play Coastal Carolina in a bowl game if CC loses a game or two. God bless. Yeah, good luck with that. Josh Lovren, uh, Larry says, Josh Lovren, they have played more games, so there is that, but Wazoo is starting to put it together. Meh. Eh. Sean Mirzinski says, well, why would Penn State be available unless a head coach leaves for SC or LSU or like the Boy Scouts? Who knows? Um, Because it doesn't seem like he wants to be at Penn State. You know what I mean? Um, It's not just Rolo, but half of his staff that could be gone today. Yeah, good. 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 Peace out. Get their ass out. Peace out, a-holes. I'm talking about uh, Ogeron. Okay. Okay. Josh Lovren says, ha ha. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think Washington. I don't I just don't have a lot of love for Washington State. Mr. I, fucking vaccination yeah. genius scientific <laughs> expert, you fucking <laughs> asshole. Nick Rolla Dick. Um, who I hate almost as much uh, as I hate Aaron Rodgers. Dude. Anyway. Uh Dax Johnson says just got into the chat, but five and oh was absolutely not a fluke. Wait, hold on. Dude's name was Dax Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Dax 
as in plural, <laughs> Dax Johnson. <laughs> like Dak Prescott. Come on. Come on. What? I'm a man. If BYU loses to Washington State, all hell will break loose, <laughs> Tanner says. Probably. Yeah. James Knight says, looks like Ben Simmons was watching his cash fly out the window. Yeah, he reported. Yeah, funny how that works. Yeah. So, you know. Um, Dax Johnson. Dax Johnson. <laughs> See, now I have to pause because you're a jerk. I have, to, I have to pause every time now. Why are you playing the cougar growl? Because it's Dax Johnson. Okay, Dax Johnson. Yeah, Dax um, Johnson. Says injuries have extremely hampered BYU's ability to ex execute their game plan. Yeah, like all of a sudden. And I don't know. And, and I actually did some research on Google last night while I was researching the vaccines for Nick Rolacock. Um, I... <laughs> I was looking for the rare condition um, that makes Jaron Hall's legs immobile and unusable, yeah. apparently. Right, yeah. Um, you know, but that's HIPAA, so they won't confirm that he has too scared to run because I might get hurt-itis. I think that's HIPAA. Uh, you know, I think that's what's ailing BYU's office. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next yeah. question. Uh-huh. <laughs> has there been a diagnosis on why Jaron can't run? Yeah, yeah, next question. Uh, there has, <laughs> but we're not going to tell you. Uh, my God given my, my God given name for my mama, Dax Johnson says. Is she a cowboy fan? Um, you know, Dax Dax Johnson says hella HIPAA truth. It is. Um, my Daxim says if BYU doesn't play Baylor, they're going to have a hard time beating Georgia Southern. The blueprint is out on Jaron Hall. Oh, yes, yes, it, it is. is. Best team in the NFL is who? The Ravens. No, it's not. It's the Dallas Cowboys. No, it's the Ravens. The no, it's not the shot. See, is it is it just piss fat ass off day for you? Is that what this is? Why does it always have to be a fat? Like thing, because bro. I don't understand why you say like, oh hey, who's the best team? Like we had our vaunted pre-show meeting where we don't really talk about anything we're going to talk about. You are fake. And Jake's like, oh, yeah, best team in the NFL is the Green Bay Packers. No, I did not say that. You did not say that. Just no. own up to it. I didn't say that. You did not. I know. Okay. Anyway, the point. <laughs> so get your facts straight. The point is, the Baltimore Ravens are not the best. Even though they beat my my sex machine and Justin Herbert, mm -hmm. um, that was disappointing. Justin Herbert did not play well yesterday. Nope. And I told him if they lost, there was less cuddle time. The but, downstairs kitty cat is not yours you know, to have, okay? Um, this has gotten really awkward in the last five <laughs> minutes. The point is... Well, when Dax Johnson enters the chat... Hey, it's not my fault Dax <laughs> Johnson showed up. Yeah. Back you is know? broken. Yeah. <laughs> Spinal. <laughs> what happened? Spinal. Uh, the best show in the NFL, or the best team in Hello? the NFL, is one of two. It is the Dallas Cowboys, or it is the Arizona Cardinals. And even though the guy with the hugest, most mondo cranium on the earth who drinks and then gets into a Ford Raptor and gets like seven DUIs, allegedly. <laughs> Steve Drunky the Clown Kime, who's the general manager. I remember when I had my first beer. Of the Arizona Cardinals, who should have been fired years ago. Yeah. Has actually now built a quality football team. Mm -hmm. And Cliffy also has COVID. They have like 71 guys on that roster that have COVID. Yeah. And they still won. Yep. They're the best team in the NFL. But I'm telling you, Dak Prescott's the MVP. Yeah, he is. I think yep. Dak Prescott, in this ankle injury, whatever it is, 
Oh, excuse me, because of HIPAA. Lower leg injury. I think that's HIPAA. Um, is significant. It is significant. And we'll see. If it is significant, we'll see. But right now, I think I'd probably lean to the Arizona Cardinals because verticality, Kyler, who's who, frankly, his labial folds are bruised, so he is kind of limping around the field. Um, <laughs> Him and Dak can hang out. Yeah, Dax Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kyler is his whatever these banged up injuries are. He's struggling a little bit, so still playing. That's well. also something to to monitor. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. It's it is. Yeah, we'll see. It's a legendary name, dude. So let me just ask about Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. So one of the storylines of the Bears-Packers rivalry mm -hmm. for many years has been how dirty the Green Bay Packers are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go back to the convict Charles Martin <laughs> body slamming Jim McMahon. And, like, it's every year. So yesterday, Justin Fields slides, and they hit him anyways. Mm -hmm. The Bears had four opportunities to plant Aaron Rodgers. You're Aaron fucking Rodgers. To just absolutely make him historically part of the turf. Right. Like just nuke him. At Soldier Field before they move to a former racetrack location in Arlington Heights. Yeah. And they choose not to do it. Yet the Packers, one of the dirtiest teams in football, will continuously hit your quarterback after he slides late, push him out of bounds, but you don't do any of that. Nope. I, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that play at the end of the game, they should have lit him up. I am, I am hoping that Aaron Rodgers gets caught in the propeller of a large cargo ship and we never see him again. <laughs> and that they chum the waters with his feces and that sharks eat him for lunch. And kick a person when he's down. <laughs> That's my hope for Aaron Wow. <laughs> wow. Nazis. Wow. Bro. That was amazing. Wow. I am so proud of that. You should be. Anyway. I hate Aaron Rodgers. No, you don't say. His family hates Aaron Rodgers. That's true. Olivia Munn hates Aaron Rodgers. Oh, what a loser. My favorite teenage boy race car, Danica Patrick, hates Aaron Rodgers. What's to like about him? His face, it, I mean, he's essentially cross-eyed. Um. <laughs> he's got like, I mean, how much weed can one guy smoke in Hawaii? I think that's HIPAA. You know. Like, I hate Aaron Rodgers. The fact I, that he walked into Packers training camp in flip-flops tells you all you need to know about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I said that, Steve. Steve's like, did you just ask for him to get caught in a propeller of a large cargo a ship? Yeah, of a large cargo ship. And I said it. Chum the water with, like, the contents of his intestines. I don't care. You're so fucked. I hope that he gets eaten by a large sperm whale. <laughs> I don't care. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm Shiva, the god of death. No, I, I hope he doesn't get run over by a cargo ship. You know, it just is what it is. I hope he gets hit and concussed, for sure. Yeah, it'd be a shame if, like, he lost a hand, his right hand preferably, because if he's got his right hand, he's beating the Bears, let's be honest. Uh, so his right hand preferably. Um, you know. Yeah. Get some uh, love action for the I, Packers. Fuck you hate the Packers so yeah. much it's frustrating dude you're you're the Chicago Bears just once we were walking into GNC yesterday because I lift and I needed some steroids um <laughs> so 
That's pretty much self-explanatory. You know. So we're going to GNC yesterday, and it's halftime. And let's be honest, Justin Fields was going to blow that possession, so we left. Yeah, we left. Um, and so we're in the car listening to the game on Sirius XM. And we should have just turned it off. And so we finally turned it off because it was frustrating. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, I'm a snot faucet because I'm about to cry over the Bears. Yeah. Uh, and we're walking up to GNC in, in the district. And I'm like, F me, man. Just one time in my life, can they just have a myth mythical season where the Bears somehow overcome Virginia McCaskey's 90-year-old vagina and they win a Super Bowl just yeah, on accident <laughs> one fucking time in my life? Nope. Maybe the Bears nope. can be quality. Nope. Maybe just once Devin Hester can take it back on the Colts and they win the Super Bowl. But yeah. no, they can't because Virginia McCaskey is not dead. She's still alive. So Ted Phillips, that cocksucker, <laughs> is still running this team. Oh, let's move to Arlington Park. You have an accountant running the football team. And you bought, you're the Chicago Bears. And you're moving to Arlington Heights. What now? Let me tell you what now. What, there was no land in like Zion? Are you kidding me? What, Antioch didn't have any tax municipalities for you? Arlington Heights? Pack everything up, we're out of here. Maybe they're better at racing horses. I don't know. Anyway. No, oh, OMPH is already doing well. Well, that's good. I hate the Packers Bro, did, did so you, much. Did you, like, do some coke last night or something? What's going on here? <laughs> I had a rough night of sleep. My wife got all up in my head. And oh, not boy. the right head, wow. the wrong head. The wow. wrong head. So wow. I, I said to my wife, she's like, oh, honey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, my wife's like, oh, I, I, it, like Jake actually left our house at like 430 yesterday. I was like, finally, that smell's gone now. <laughs> and so it's my, my, me and my wife go for a nice walk or, uh, along the, the lake here in daybreak and everything's good. Okay, and we come okay, home right, and our neighbors right. are out front right? and they're like, hi. And my, wife, my wife's like, hi. <laughs> And so we're like talking and we go in the house and we're chilling out in the cut. And my wife's like, oh, I think I'll have some chamomile tea. I'm like, yeah, OK, cool. And we're watching Sunday Night Football and the baseball game. And right. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to bed. I take my omegas, you know, my Barleen's you omega. Do your thing. Yeah. Right. Get the carry the laundry up because my wife like doesn't ever do any housework. And so um, she does all the housework but anyway the point is so i go upstairs and i'm like laying in bed and i'm laughing at tiktok videos and reading articles and she comes upstairs and she's like oh i have a headache and i'm like well welcome to marriage we get it <laughs> and so she's like oh i have this crazy headache and so i'm like oh man that sucks can i do anything for you did you take advil she's like yes all right I was like all night worried about my wife's headache. Mm -hmm. So from like 930 to midnight, I slept great. After that, it was like, so me and nighttime pee guy are in the bathroom chilling and, you know, just talking. Yeah, I know what time it yeah, is. Yeah, so like, we're like, and then I go back into the bathroom a third time to take a leak. And he's like, hey, dude, good to see you again. <laughs> and so like, I'm hot because it's like a hundred. My wife decided we needed a weighted blanket. And so it's like a thousand degrees in our bedroom. <laughs> in the boudoir and so i'm it was just not great and it's monday and fuck, i gotta work today and i'm hot and 
Um, we worked out yesterday and like I've done nine straight days of workouts, which is great. And it sucks. Saturday we did like, we finished our workout with some cardio basketball stuff and I'm a mess today. And the bears lost and I hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, at least the backyard project's going good. Yeah. How about Wayman brothers construction coming through again, doing the job coming through again. Just saying hour and 16 minutes into the show. Uh, Saturday, here's a question for you. Cause we have two things left. Get ready to suggest your best Halloween candy. Um, Saturday, they poured a concrete pad to put the, Oh, it's only 10 grand for a hot tub. That's now 20 grand. Um, honey. Um, so <laughs> by the way, we do have a mic set up for my wife. Not today, but at some point, um, anyway, so they pour the concrete pad. Okay. Is a word Alexa is talking, talking upstairs. Our Alexa's like talking for no reason. Uh, anyway, the point is, yeah. so do you write your name in freshly poured concrete? Uh, I would, yeah. My wife was all about it. Yeah, she said she never got to as a kid, and that's why she had to do it. Well, she was oppressed as a kid. Her family beat her. Right, right. You know, she was always undersized. She was the runt. But anyway, um, she was not actually the runt. My wife's like six seven. Um, the point is, so we write in the, we write in the cement and it just, I, you know, I felt like a child doing it. Was it fun? No. Or not really? No, it wasn't fun. It was just writing in Would cement. Would you have done it if she didn't want to? Probably. Probably. I probably would have done like my handprint. Okay. My wife's thumbprint's up there now. That's cool. Yeah. So we wrote in the cement. That was kind of fun. Most of it will be covered up. So any update on, on the shipping of the actual hot tub? Is it still December? No, because my wife won't call. Okay. We need to call the hot tub people. She's never done it, and she refuses to. Okay. She just won't. She's she called, right she called them last week, and it's still like December. Dang. Okay. Yeah, they're on track. So, But today is going to get much colder. Yeah. My friends at my, I tag you guys in a post on Instagram, Mrs. Yeah. Monty and Jake. I yeah. tag them in a post on Instagram. Of North Star, California, my favorite ski resort in the world that I've been to so far. Yeah. And they they have a severe winter storm. We're going to get a fuckload of snow yeah, advisory. Yeah, winter storm thing. advisory. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, this is exciting. This. Let's do this. So I tag my wife in this post, and she's like, why do we care? We're not going there. It's not like it's Park City. And she doesn't even want to see that, like, hey, the resort that I'm fantasizing about riding this year. And I will go without you. I mean Tahoe is cool. We had a lot. We have a lot of great memories. There. I love Tahoe. Yeah, we have a lot of great memories there. I but I do agree that it's not Park City. It's two different worlds. Chris Karn. <clears throat> Hello. When are you gonna get your smoker, Karn? Yeah, seriously. Next weekend we have to do it Saturday. Yeah, we got we got to get uh, together, man. I was alive January 26, nineteen eighty six. Go Bears! Yeah, one of the greatest moments of my life. And then Walter Payton died. Mm. And I cried. Uh, but anyway, the point is, so yeah, I'm excited to go to Tahoe this year. But so I went to I go to Salty Peaks in Salt Lake City, the snowboard oui. shop. We oui. thank, thank you. you. Two O's and a thousand. Right. Actually three. Um, so we go there and we are simply there to pick up our snowboards, which were waxed and to get Mrs. Monty's boots or bindings, bindings to get Mrs. Monty's step on bindings. It was supposed to be like a three hundred dollar trip. Twelve hundred sixty four dollars later. Spinal. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Um, I got new boots and new bindings and yep. I'm, I'm ready to snowboard now. Like it needs to snow now. I'm ready now. So wait, why did you get new boots and bindings? 
because I'm fat. Okay. And uh, I got these step-on ones that are all the rage from Burton. It is the hottest binding in the country. Um, second um, to a couple other options, including your cartels, mm -hmm. are the number two selling binding in the world. Cartel X. Yep. Yeah, number two selling binding in the world. Only the step-on outsells it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I got these step-ons because it's the latest, greatest technology. And I'm super stoked about it. Um, I actually, it has nothing to do with me being fat or not fat or whatever. Uh, it's just simply a cool technology that allows you to get into your binding quicker. And I like boots. If you don't know anything about, by the way, do you guys ski or snowboard? Just yeah, anybody in the, in the comments, snowboard ski. Yeah. Um, like the tying of boots is so passe. Like, why would you do it? Right. They have these BOA systems now that are amazing. So we wound up spending like 1200 bucks on that. So last weekend I bought a board this weekend. I bought buying like, I have my epic pass for the for the globe. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. Let's go. It needs to snow. Right. And it's going to three, four days this week. Yeah. So I'm stoked. Now they're already that. having a great season starting. Like Park City and, and the Cottonwood Resorts and everything are already like 25, 30 inches of base. Yeah. So Uncle Uncle or Tanner Plummer wants to call me Uncle Timmy every time now. Okay. He just doesn't get it. Okay. He wants to know if I get along with my neighbors. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, Dax Johnson says, uh, no, unfortunately I'm a Broncos fan. Well, there you go. Yet your name is Dax Johnson. Dax Johnson. You have to pause a little bit after you say Dax so that the possessive is there. Right. So it's kind of like you're talking about Dak Prescott's penis. Yeah. Just, his penis. Right. Right. You know, his joint. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Dax Johnson. Johnson. You want to get your opinion how long before you think BYU could compete in the Big 12? They'd win the national championship right now if they were in the Big 12. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> it'll be three, four years before they start. They should be able to compete in every game. Although Oklahoma finally figured out that you got to change quarterbacks. Yeah, so if they much were in like the BYU hasn't yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you were in the conference today, you're not better than Oklahoma. But yeah. Oklahoma won't be there when you're there. Um. We'll see. I think probably three, four years before they – they could win it right out of the gate. They're recruiting their asses off in Provo. Like, I don't know what they're doing for recruits. But. I think I think the biggest thing is going to be that they have to be more cutthroat with the talent that they have. It, you know, you can't – again, you cannot be loyal to someone who's not allowing your team to perform at its highest and best quality. You just can't. All right. Before we get out of here, what's the best Halloween candy? Um, obviously, you know, Obvi white chocolate Reese's Cups. Obviously. Okay. So when you're actually an adult and you're, you know, like your girlfriended and stuff, which right. we're, you're not, right? Not you're not. Not yet. You're nope. not, you know. Nope, not yet. Um, just curious. Yeah. What will you give away for your Halloween candy? Probably a variety. I'll just fill a bowl up with like everything. But my fav my personal favorite is white chocolate Reese's. Okay. Um, what is the best Halloween candy? The best Halloween candy. I mean, probably like the mini versions of Snickers or Twix. Oh, I love Twix. Like not the full candy bar, the mini ones, you know, the small ones. Man, I love Twix. You just put them in a big, big ass bowl, you know. The Man. real question is, what do you do with your dogs on Halloween? I don't know, because my dogs are. It looks like the last ass vacuum worked, by the way. <laughs> Rhino is much better. I don't know. We're going to give away full candy bars and then we need to go to cut because we live in daybreak mm. and it's off the chain for Halloween. Yeah. 
So we need to get like a couple big bags of candy. But I don't know. I think probably the best Halloween candy. I got to think it's it's Twix. Those mini Twix. Yeah, the mini ones. That, how see, that's eat, how you got to go. Mini. See, how do you eat Twix, though? Because I eat the caramel and chocolate off the top of the cookie first. Why? Because it's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, who says? Me. Well, you know. How do you eat it? You don't Straight just, up. You don't, just, you don't just eat the whole thing. Yeah, I do. Straight up. You can't do that. In two bites. Are you serious? Yeah. Ha- like, obviously, Twix come in two packs. Guy, you can't do that. Why? You got to eat the caramel and chocolate off the top I'm, of the cookie I'm first. Not, no, I'm not into the whole slurping thing. That's not my... What this has <laughs> got to not, do with slurping? That's not my deal. I'm not telling you to beach up a Twix bar. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. You got to eat it the right way. You got to take the chocolate and the caramel off the cookie first. How yes, else are you supposed to do yes, that? Yes, exactly right. How else are you supposed to do it? I mean, this is what is this, Squid Game and you're you know slurping up the cracker thing? God, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers compete on Squid Game. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, like if you're if you're a Chicago Bears fan and Aaron Rodgers is in front of you, do you shove him forward and run? Yes, yes, drop him. Yes, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Afghanistan. Send his ass to Afghanistan, <laughs> bro. Send him. You eat Send the, him. You absolutely eat the chocolate off the top. No, of the I don't. I don't. Okay, like on a on a Klondike bar. See, we differ Jesus, in this. I shit. haven't had a Klondike bar. In- weeks yeah um i eat the chocolate all the way around the klondike bar before i ever eat the ice cream but doesn't that make a mess no it's amazing when you can break off like almost an entire side of a klondike bar the chocolate sheet that's amazing i guess i don't know man what what are we what are we getting in the comments here what are people saying are they it's not a drop or anything um let's see actually Um, i think the the sneakers app was supposed to have some stuff in it this morning supposed to um tanner Plummer says i ski james knight says nba is here can't wait yeah nba tips off let's tomorrow let's go teddy wayman says reese's all day yeah dude come on bro that's what i'm saying boyd lake says how does a rhqb not see the rush from the right because he's staring down a receiver yep i would agree with that yeah boy how about that hit that jaron hall took oh my god speaking of cargo ship yes. um Yes. Time and Scott says that's psychopath behavior. Why? You eat the caramel in the chocolate off the top <laughs> psychopath of psychopath behavior. For sure. <laughs> James Knight says, Have you tapped the teach yet, Jake? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. Can't do it. Can't do it, bro. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. Thanks, Kyrie. Appreciate what do you mean that. you can't do it? I, I can't. I'm not I'm out of out of respect for the situation. I can't. That's not that's not proper. It's not proper. Got to be respectful, man. Okay. BYU yeah, needs next question. BYU needs to burn the Navy helmet. No, the entire Navy uniform. Yeah. Why are we wearing Navy, dude? You should be wearing royal blue. You're BYU, bro. By the way, am I the only one that missed that they wore the Navy, uh, the sailor hat, the sailor logo on the back of the helmet this week against Baylor? Now you ruin that. Yeah. I don't understand why we're going Navy pants, white shirt, Navy helmet. What are we doing? Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so the best Halloween candy for you is the white chocolate white Reese's. White chocolate Reese's piece. Pumpkins. Or, um, oh, I love Does pumpkin. the shape matter? It's just festive. No, the shape matters. It changes the taste. Really? Yes, this is a whole thing. Are you serious? Yes. So trees taste different than pumpkins? Yes. Really? Yes. I hadn't noticed that. By the way, we went, in, we went to the movies over the weekend. Oh, Bond was amazing, dude. Yeah, the new Bond film, No Time to Die. 
Really good. Really good. Really, really good. Movies weren't bad at all. My wife actually did really well with this. She bought us VIP seats in this VIP theater thing. Yeah. Um, it was pretty amazing. Like the whole, like they bring you food to your seat and, you know, that was pretty fun. Yeah. I think, you know, the only issue we had is we just didn't know how it physically worked once we got to the theater. But now that we know, I feel like it would be, you know, really straightforward and easy. Giggity says if Jake would enjoy candy instead of inhaling it, he would notice different tasting shapes. Well, you know. Okay, not chocolate. Best candy. Go. Not chocolate. Isn't most candy chocolate? No. What, uh No. Skittles? No. Peach sour rings. Okay, that's that's a that's above my pay grade. I I don't know what the hell peach. Uh, yeah, no. You've never had a peach sour. God, no. see, this is why I say you make me look bad on this show. Yeah. That's yeah. Big. I know what time it is. I I would like to point out that it, when you were a kid, I did give you candy, right? No. You're the kid, and you're also the guy who hates Tootsie Rolls, which is so stupid. Okay, that was when I was a kid, dude. So you're telling me you eat Tootsie Rolls? Um, no, I'm saying I haven't had one in a long time, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't eat one. You're an idiot. I, see, like, I, I want a DNA test. Okay. I just, well, I, why I, don't you call Maury? Why don't you call him? We'll go on the show. I have a feeling he's going to say the mailman's the father. Because how do you not like peach sour rings? You say stuff I like this. I never said that. See, this is what you do. You change what I said. I didn't say I didn't no. like them. I said I never had one, which is different. The vanilla Tootsie Rolls are where it's at. I agree. He won't eat them. That, again, not true. <laughs> like, Shut up, Jake. I agree, Steve. Thank yeah, you. like that's not true <laughs> that I don't like them. I just haven't had one in a while. Uh, and of course that got com that got filtered. Time and Scott says the vanilla Tootsie Rolls. Yes. James Knight says, Wow, she censored him already, Monty. Our boy got some. Um <laughs> Okay. Okay. Like I said. Yeah, next question. So there was no explosion of fertilizer, is what you're saying. I, you know, hey. We had a good time. Okay. We when had a you, good time. When are you gonna see her again? Friday. Friday, okay. Yep, Friday night. Okay, I'm proud of you. Yep. You should probably play the music because it's already 10 after 8, and it's Monday, and I'm not in the mood. Really? You're not in the mood? I'm crabby as F today. Why? Because I, I am. I Because Aaron Rodgers yelled a bunch of stuff, and I'm offended. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm just crabby. I don't know. Why, Mrs. Why? Monty is saying you've been crabby a couple days. Well, because the weekend's over on Friday night as soon as I'm off of work. It's a philosophy I have. So, you know. I'm kidding. I'm re I am crappy. I'm ready for a vacation. I need a vacation. I'm ready to go to Hawaii. I'm ready Next to snowboard. Next month, dude. Next month. I'm ready to pound box. It is what it Bro. is. Bro. What? Until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>